following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, Is This the Best of Times or the Worst of Times? Christine Benton interviews presidential candidate Beth Green to find out. Does this feel like the best of times to you? Probably not. Well, host Beth Green feels like they are, because we have an unprecedented opportunity for humanity to really transform if we choose. Is she nuts? Stay tuned to find out. And if you happened to catch the show about a month ago, you heard Christine Benton interview Beth about her presidential bid under the flag of the Oneness Party. Beth discussed some of the issues wracking our world, particularly terrorism, Islam, and intolerance, which were all which were on all of our minds following the Paris attacks, and now the San Bernardino attack as well. Many listeners want more, so this time around you can call in and ask for Beth's perspectives on the many other issues facing us today. Beth's views are always insightful, balanced, and usually unexpected. And somehow she manages to turn the grimmest realities into an opportunity for us to laugh at ourselves. Christine will interview Beth again, but call in too. Is this the best of times or the worst? Stay tuned. Call and judge for yourself. And now, here's Christine. Thanks, James. Hey, everybody. It's Christine Benson back again. I'm actually the producer of Interrevolutionary Radio. Um, but every once in a while, we get to turn the tables on our host, Beth Green, and ask her questions. We did this a month ago. She had some fascinating perspectives. I like the fact that James said that she's insightful and balanced and that that's unexpected. That I, I guess that means we don't usually think of... Uh, um, we don't usually think in ways that are insightful and balanced, <laughs> um, but she definitely gives, um, sheds a lot of light on things. And as James said, today is a call-in show, so get ready to call in. Not yet, though, because uh, first, James is going to give us the news of the inner revolution. But maybe, James, you should give out the phone number so people can be Sure. Prepared. Yes, I'll yes. do that first then. Uh, you can call us with your question or comment at one 866 472-5788. That's 1-866-57... I'm sorry, 866-472-5788. Okay, on with the okay, news. Okay, on with the news. We have a bunch of news items this week. Of course, the big news is on the topic of climate change. It seems like the world has really taken action to cut greenhouse emissions, at least when it comes to fossil fuels. Nobody knows what will actually happen, especially in the United States, where Republican opposition is high, but this is amazing. The world has come together to do something about global warming. So let's take a moment to see what has been accomplished already. This story is from whitehouse.gov, December the 12th. U.S. leadership and the historic Paris Agreement to combat climate change. On December 12th, more than 190 countries came together to adopt the most ambitious climate change agreement in history. The Paris Agreement establishes a long-term, durable global framework to reduce global greenhouse gas emissions. 
For the first time, all countries commit to putting forward successive and ambitious nationally determined climate targets and reporting on their progress towards them using a rigorous standardized process of review. The deal establishes a framework for driving down global emissions to keep the global temperature rise well below 2 degrees Celsius. For many island nations, the push has been for no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius because their land is literally disappearing. So now back to the government statement, and this is really significant. The submission of ambitious national targets in five-year cycles gives private sector investors and technology innovators a clear signal that the world will demand clean power plants, energy-efficient factories and buildings, and low-carbon transportation, not just in the short term but in the decades to come. This will make it far easier to draw in the largest pools of capital that need long-term certainty in order to invest in clean technologies. So guys, this tells us that business is ready or getting ready to back up the move to renewable energy, and boy, is this important. Hmm. The article goes on with these significant details. 20 countries representing around 80% of global clean energy research and development, R&D, funding base. Uh, have committed to double their R&D investments over five years. 117 United States mayors have signed onto the Compact of Mayors Pledge, which establishes a common platform to capture the impact of cities' collective actions through standardized measurement of emissions and climate risk and consistent public reporting of their efforts. That means cities won't be competing with each other to allow the most pollution. States, including California and New York, have signed on to the Under 2 MOU, which commits signatories to cut greenhouse gas emissions 80 to 95 percent below 1990 levels. 154 companies operating in all 50 states have signed the White House's American Business Act on Climate Pledge to tackle climate change. So support is mounting despite opposition. Hopefully this movement will be irreversible, and we also hope that there is increasing interest in the impact of animal agriculture, which we covered in our interview with Keegan Kuhn, co-director of Cow Conspiracy, two weeks ago on December the 3rd. Maybe we'll start seeing a surge in interest in that topic, too. You know, yes. before you go on, James, uh, in the, you know, like two seconds before we went on the air, I found this other article which said that... Um, the clean energy boom is about to be transformed. In a surprise move, U.S. lawmakers agreed to extend tax credits for solar and wind for another five years. This will give an unprecedented boost to the industry and change the course of deployment in the U.S. And this is according to the Bloomberg report, which is like this business, whatever it is, business journal. Just mm-hmm. one little bit thing. Uh, this is about the solar, but it's solar and wind, right? The extension will add an extra 20 gigawatts of solar power, more than every panel ever installed in the U.S. prior to 2015, according wow. to Bloomberg New Energy Finance. The U.S. was already one of the biggest clean energy investors. This deal is like adding another America of solar power into the mix, and, and this is more, and there's more. So, I mean, like, oh, uh, hello. It's happening, guys. Wow. I'll be it really is. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Thank yeah. you. The, the success of this climate conference in Paris did not come in a vacuum. Countless people participated. Together, many environmental organizations built the biggest climate march ever in 2014 on the eve of a critical UN climate summit. 400,000 people in New York City and another 300,000 across the globe. 
Weeks later, the U.S. and China signed a landmark agreement to reduce emissions. The political momentum on climate change had changed. Here are some more examples. The movement helped organize demonstrations of hundreds of thousands all over the world on the eve of the Paris Climate Conference, demanding net zero human emissions, that is, a balancing of what we release into the air and what is taken out. One specific organization, Avaz, with a reach of 42 million members, brought their voices into the Paris summit, literally, with a chorus of members' personal messages as delegates entered. Avaz staff then delivered the petition directly to the UN Secretary General, and when it became apparent Argentina and Saudi Arabia were major blockers, Avaz members in both regions went into urgent action, and they were all over the media. In Argentina, the newly elected president, who had committed to renewable energy, was inundated with messages to send a delegation to Paris, and within days, they came. The Saudi government was so worried by the public attention that a lawyer representing the kingdom called the Avaz staff to say they would sue. This is what happens when people get together to act. Um, Beth or Christine, a comment? Well, I, yeah, I'd like to uh, comment. I, you know, there are so many things happening at the same time. You know, there's this huge movement and there's this consciousness, you know, which is the kind of thing we talk about. It's like, oh, you know, waking up and talking about it and sharing. And, and at the same time, there's the devastating financial impact of climate change. Like, hello, I am sure that they're beginning to notice uh, that we're having more devastating climate uh, uh, act, uh, you know, activity, which is uh, you know, making it harder for people to shop at Christmas or it's destroying the infrastructure. Or, you know, I mean, that we've seen some, the insurance industry is up in arms because it's very difficult for them to predict their risk when you have these kind of weird climate events. So I think it's really a combination of consciousness and just pure, unadulterated dollars and cents, and the finally waking up to the financial opportunity that clean energy offers. And it's taken all of that and a lot of pressure on the government. Uh, so, you know, we know that there's a lot of climate deniers. I, I hear from them all the time, you know, on our Facebook page. It's called Beth Green and the Inner Revolution. Our Facebook page, whenever we have something about the climate, like we did when we had Cowspiracy, oh my God, I get all these horrible, nasty uh, comments. <laughs> and, you know, people who don't believe there's climate change, but I guess the rest of the world does. Yeah, virtually every nation on the planet. Yeah, everybody else seems to have noticed. Anyway. And it, it looks like um, I just saw uh, a post from Kip Anderson, one of the co-directors of Cowspiracy. He's in Italy today, uh, screening the movie with the Italian Parliament. That's good. Oh, that's wow. fabulous. fabulous. And I just saw a New York Times article just pop up. The city of San Diego is going to be 100% renewable energy-based within 20 years. <gasps> you are kidding. Nope. I, what, I wonder what that means. I mean, does that mean cars too? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look into That's it. That's just fascinating. Flash, yeah. So remember, guys, cowspiracy. That was about the impact on animal of animal agriculture. So that is very, very exciting. It's happening. Mm -hmm. They can't stop us mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah. I don't know. It's happening. I'm I'm cheering up for the show. Go on. <laughs> Thank you, Christine, for just jumping in there. Yes, and it really is happening big time. And now on a totally different front, we have some interesting stories on homelessness. The Huffington Post reported on December the 9th, and this story, by the way, was sent to us by Christine, our producer, who is interviewing Beth today. 
Instead of arresting panhandlers, Albuquerque is giving them jobs. Albuquerque officials are working to reform their policies of mistreating and at times outright persecuting homeless people by offering jobs to people on the streets. After a series of incidents of police brutality, which included the fatal shooting of a schizophrenic homeless man this year, advocates and the Justice Department demanded that the Albuquerque Police Department overhaul its approach to how it treats homeless people and people with mental illness. As part of that reform, the city, together with St. Martin's Hospitality Center, dispenses outreach workers who offer odd jobs, which have the potential of turning into full-time opportunities, to people on the streets. Five people have already found full-time employment since the program started in September. In another story related to homelessness, here's more proof that giving housing to vets prevents homelessness. This story is also from Christine from the Huffington Post, December the 11th. As the deadline to end veteran homelessness fast approaches, which is December 31st, additional research has proven that eliminating the issue lay in a simple approach. Provide housing. (laughs) Amazing. Wow, you can cure homelessness by giving the homeless homes. Wow. (laughs) The Veterans Homelessness Prevention Demonstration released a report last Thursday highlighting the successes of a three-year pilot program which provided housing and case management services to 2,023 homeless and at-risk veterans. At the conclusion of the program, the group found that just 6% of participants were homeless. The program followed the housing first model, which pushes providing shelter to people in need first and then addressing their health and employment issues. And, by the way, the housing first model has also been working successfully not only for vets, but in many places and circumstances, including the state of Utah, which has come close to eradicating chronic homelessness, although more people are still becoming homeless because of economic factors. Beth, do you have a comment? Well, yes. I mean, you know, that first story about Albuquerque, and thanks, Christine, for passing these stories on. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, they were being punitive. Why don't you just go and shoot people, you know, uh, for being homeless instead of helping them? This is the inner revolution. You know, our show, Inner Revolutionary Radio, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, I'm the typical host. And, uh, you know, it's about the inner revolution, about oneness, accountability, and mutual support. And see, these stories about, you know, the stories about climate change, it shows that we are coming together and we are becoming accountable for the impact of our behavior on the planet. And that's fantastic. And this is showing some oneness with homeless people, like homeless people are people, for God's sake, and uh, showing some accountability and caring and support and my goodness it's amazing how it works better than punishment so it's this is the whole i think there is a shift that's being demonstrated here people are realizing old punitive ways are not working it's like how many people we have incarcerated uh in our prisons because of drug addiction or mental illness it's a, a we're going from a punitive approach to a compassionate understanding approach and by golly it works better sure does yeah. Okay, now for our last story on another topic. Illinois professor suspended for saying Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And this story is from Reuters, December the 16th. A tenured political science professor at Wheaton College, an evangelical university outside Chicago, has been suspended after she wore a hijab scarf and wrote in a Facebook post that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. Dr. 
Laricia Hawkins wrote on the social media site on December 10th that she was donning the hijab headscarf during the period of Advent before Christmas as a sign of solidarity with, mus- with mu- Muslims. In her posts, she said, we worship the same God. She also said, I stand in religious solidarity with Muslims because they, like me, a Christian, are people of the book. The college said that when they participate in causes, faculty and staff must faithfully represent the school's evangelical statement of faith. After she was criticized for saying Christians and Muslims worship the same God, Hawkins said on her Facebook page that there are convincing arguments for expressing religious solidarity with Muslims and Jews and asked people who do not agree with her to accept her love and her offering of peace. I think that's a very cool story. Now, there's an inner revolutionary. You know, this is a woman who stood up and she's not afraid to say what she thinks and she's been suspended, right? And uh, the fact is that Islam is based on uh, the Judeo-Christian, uh, you know, books. I mean, they they acknowledge the Muslims do recognize the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, they they don't think of Jesus as the last prophet. They think of Muhammad as the last prophet. But they, uh, you know, they are people of the book. And of course, we tend to forget that. So uh, anyway, I love that story. I think it's the woman is courageous and she's telling the truth, which is which is the kind of truth that most of us don't get to hear. So, Christine. Yeah, so in a minute, we I'm going to ask you, is this the best of times or worst of times? However, I just wanted, before you answer that, I wanted to give you a little more <clears throat> info on that San Diego becoming um, 100% renewable. Yeah. Um, it says that other big cities, including New York and San Francisco, have said they intend to use more renewable energy, but San Diego is the first to make the pledge legally binding. Mm-hmm. Um it is committed to completing the transition, cutting its greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2035. Um, half of the city's fleet uh, will be electric vehicles by 2020. That's in five years. Oh and recycle God. 98% of the methane produced by sewage and water treatment plants. And you'll like this, Beth. Uh, the mayor um, said uh, the mayor is a conservative Republican. Mm. Um, and he sold the plan to a conservative business base by saying transforming the electric grid will drive the economy and create jobs. <laughs> right. Hey. Forget the save the planet part. Mm-hmm. But that's fantastic. But he got it through. He was he able to, God to bless push it through. And uh, yeah. he said it's just the right thing to do. Oh, Great. So, um, so we are actually going to go to break. Um, so I want people to hang in there because when we get back, I wanted to get that in before you answer the question of is it is it the best or worst of times, <laughs> um, Beth? Um, but but Beth Green is going to be answering that question. She's going to be answering your questions. So stay tuned, and we will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community, theinterrevolution.org, where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. 
find a variety of activities, including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living with Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world, all at www.theinnerrevolution.org. I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, School of Intuitive Counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Inner Revolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, theinnerrevolution.org. Be part of the inner revolution sweeping the planet. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green on the Voice America Variety Channel. And now, also enjoy Beth's channel, Inner Revolutionary TV, on voiceamerica.tv. See inspiring videos about our guests and the inner revolution. Hear commentaries that will help clarify our time. And watch interviews of people who will matter to you. Think outside the box. Watch Inner Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to Interrevolutionary Radio. Hello, this is your substitute host today, Christine Benton. I'm the producer of Interrevolutionary Radio. I'm here because Beth Green is our guest today, um, and we are opening up the phone lines to ask her questions. We're talking about a lot of current events. As you might recall from a month ago, we had a show where uh, Beth Green for president, um, and she commented a lot on um, you know some of the movements and the events that are taking place in our world right now. So before I even ask her my first question, which I'm about to do, I do want to ask James to give us the phone number so people can call in. Very good. If you'd like to call in with a question or a comment, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Thank you, James. Okay, Beth, so the topic of today's show is, is this the best of times or the worst of times? And that's my question for you. Is this the best or the worst of times? Well, who the heck knows? (laughs) Uh, I mean, (laughs) here's what I have to say about that. One minute, I think it's the best of times. The next minute, I think it's the worst of times. So, you know, I don't know which one of me do you want to ask. But right now, after having heard our own news of the inner revolution, I feel way better. Hey, audience, don't you feel better? Don't you feel better when you hear the news of the inner revolution? I do. You know, it's like there are still people there. But what are the, my serious answer to that as being the presidential candidate of the Oneness Party, and I want to tell you, sometimes in the last four weeks, I've thought of seriously mounting a presidential campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't stand what's going on out there. There's so much of the political discussion. It's just god-awful. But anyway, so, you know, it really depends on us. 
everything depends on us. It's like, why did global warming have to reach this this place where there are so many natural disasters? Not all of them are caused by global warming, but it it's obvious that there are more. There's more extreme weather conditions. I mean, we here in Oregon. We are, for instance, in the part of Oregon that we live in, we are in severe drought, and we it hasn't stopped raining for the last few weeks, and now we're flooding. So, you know, we're drowning, we're flooding. By the way, the flooding hasn't stopped the drought. And um, it's, it's things have to get so bad. In We saw what in the news recently that Beijing just practically had to shut down the whole city because they couldn't even breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, how bad does it have to get? And it's okay, so that's just one example. Then we have the other example of this horrible, uh, uh, insane conversation we're having about Islam and terrorism where people are getting so revved up, it's unbelievable. For instance, we have the San Bernardino massacre, which uh, it's called a massacre, and there were 14 uh, people killed, I believe. It was 14 people. But in Sandy Hook, there were like, what, 20, 26 people killed, 20 kids, 6 adults, or 20 adults and 6 Don't ask me to remember the numbers, but it's something <laughs> like that, right? And um, we, we're, well, are we walking around talking about the Sandy Hook massacre day and night? Are we going to? I bet you that those were Caucasian men who did that, or men, but we aren't deporting them, are we? I mean, mm-hmm. the conversation is insane, and the hysteria is horrible, and the polarization is frightening. And we all know that this plays into the hands of ISIS, ISIL, Islamic State, whatever you want to call Daesh, whatever you want to call the thing. And, um, you know, which will make, there's been an uptick in the uh, attacks on Muslims. Uh, more and more Muslims are feeling afraid, especially women are being harassed more. Uh, wonderful. Pick on women, Muslim women, you know. And it's just, and in this vitriolic environment, of course, as more Muslims feel uh, isolated and angry and disempowered, of course, they will be much more available to being recruited by ISIS. And, you know, we're going down. We're going in the wrong direction. We are going in the wrong direction. We are not taking on the whole issue whatsoever in terms of why these are, things are happening or even some kind of sane ways of dealing them. I mean, we've just heard a presidential candidate, Ted Cruz, recommending carpet bombing <laughs> where ISIS is. Carpet bo- Does anybody know what carpet bombing means? It doesn't mean that your dog drops a turd on the carpet. <laughs> it and it means- doesn't mean that you drop carpets. No, that's right. You're not <laughs> dropping carpets either. But what... What it does mean is you drop indiscriminate amount of bombs. And even with, what, what was the other? I, he also even suggested that, you know, nuclear could be in there, too, because the sands are going to light up. You know who's under those bombs? Civilians. It's like I think Rand Paul actually had the decency to point out that we have the Geneva Conventions. It's an international agreement. We're not supposed to carpet bomb civilian populations. Wow. You know, why don't we go back a few thousand years? You know, there is, so that the discussion, when I hear this, and I, I just like, I want to hide into the covers, and I think it's the worst <laughs> of all possible times. And then 
I hear about that woman who from the Wheaton College, you know, a lone voice. And I see that more and more, and last, last week we talked a lot more about the Islamic uh, uh, impact and the, the Islamic movement actually speaking out against ISIS and trying to take on terrorism. But I, as far as I'm concerned, it's not enough because I, I think people are missing the whole point around um, moving toward one another. But that's because of the state of consciousness of everybody on our planet. Not everybody. I have a tendency to exaggerate. If you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's but why I mean, you like this uh, best of times, worst of times. I mean, yeah. I could ask you what's what times have been better if yeah, these but, are the worst of times, but I don't yeah, know that we yeah. would get anywhere with that. But uh, <laughs> there's there is a real a real crisis of consciousness on the planet on every which way side. And uh, if we don't take that on, yeah, I don't see things getting better. So I've seen you advocating for that, right? Um, you've launched the new um, campaign to unite all movements. Is this what kind of, um, was this the impetus for the, the creation of that campaign? You are so right. Well, so the campaign to unite all movements, which most of our listeners, you know, either didn't hear or forgot about promptly, <laughs> it's, it's on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash the inner rev, all one word, the inner rev. Uh, anyway. Or, ju- or just do a search for Beth Green and the inner revolution. That'll get you there. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Either way. And our top uh, posting is the campaign to unite all movement. And what this is all about, and I also did a video uh, of Grandma grandma saying stop complaining quit complaining start caring and what it is this this polarization that we all have you see i don't feel uh, totally uncritical of the muslim population either the islamic world has become more and more rigid and uh, conservative and fundamentalist over the years. We have Ani Zanefeld is going to be from the Muslims for Progressive Values is going to come back to our show next week. And she's going to be talking about what's going on. So we don't have to go into too much about what's going on that's right and that isn't right in the Islamic world. Uh, But as people have become more and more conservative and fundamentalist, we're becoming more polarized. Same thing. It looks to me like it's happening on our nation, too. There is so much of a rise of fundamentalism of people who believe that the only truth is in the Old Testament. You know, not that anybody would ever live by the precepts of the Old Testament. I mean, every other page of the Old... I remember that time when I was growing up and I was reading the Bible. It was, like, horrifying. You know, so God was smiting this one and smiting <laughs> that one, and there was so much smiting, you know. <laughs> I, I just said, this is crazy. What kind of a God is this? And many Christians who say, oh, they're, they're for the peace, the love of Jesus, kind of. They're the ones who are talking about carpet bombing, innocent civilians, and are, 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 are quoting the Old Testament and are into that fundamentalist thinking. I think what happens is people get very rigid and defensive about their own beliefs. So instead of saying, this is what I believe, and it's okay for you to believe what you believe because this is a secular country, it's like, this is what I believe, and you really ought to believe this because this is the one truth. And I feel on, at the same time a kind of resistance on the side. Now, I may be smitten for this, but I feel some resistance on the side of the Islamic community to take accountability for the kind of 
um, uh, you know, fundamentalist thinking that we see there. For example, in many, many parts of the Islamic world, there is horrible treatment of homosexuals. And Ani Zonefeld from the Muslims for Progressive Values, who has studied the Quran, she told us, she said it in no uncertain terms. She said there is not anything negative in the Quran about homosexuality. There, it's not supposed to be punished. The, 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 there, there isn't anything about it in the Quran. But they don't look at the Quran. They look at other things that were said later, the rules and regulations that came up later. So they, people get into the rules and regulations that came up later. And it's just like in the Catholic Church. You know, there is no Pope in the Old Testament, is there? Um, and I don't remember Jesus talking about punishing homosexuals. Do you? No. I don't no. think that ever happened. See what I mean? And mm-hmm. so what we're seeing is people who are not really living by the fundamentals of their religion, but who are, think of themselves as being fundamentalist, that they, they come up with something that they'll stick to, and they're not willing to be flexible. Where, you know, and we in the, in, in the innerrevolution.org, we don't believe in that. We believe in human values, not Muslim values, not Jewish values, no, not Buddhist values, but human values. And we believe we all need to unite and we all need to fight for one another because we are one. And so, yes, I mean, I really respect that woman, that Christian woman at Wheaton College. But it's not just because that Muslims are also people of the book, but because they're people. <laughs> that would be good enough for me. We need to start supporting people and because we are one. Great. And it looks like, Beth, we have a caller now. We have um, Helen calling in from Fallbrook. Are you Hi there, there, Helen? Hi, Hi Helen. What's, what's your question? Great show. I want to ask you, what do you say to people when they say it's the worst of times? I say it's, you know... I have an expression, turn shit into fertilizer, and um, that's what I think we need to do about everything. That if we say this is the worst of times, we are giving ourselves an excuse to hide under the covers and let the, this negative consciousness take us over. Supposing we were sitting in Germany when Hitler was first coming up and we said, this is frightening, this is horrible, this is terrible, I think I'll take a vacation. And I'll, 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 you know, <laughs> and I'll call me when it's over. You know, wake me up when the nightmare is over. Well, it, you know, the nightmare didn't end for a long, long time because we didn't step up. And so I say that's a cop-out. I'm not saying it's not horrible. I'm not saying it's not frightening. I'm not saying it's not difficult. Um, I'm not saying that we don't have to face some fundamental flaws in the way human beings look at one another. I'm not saying that it's not impossible. I mean, maybe it is impossible. Maybe we can't change human consciousness. Maybe, although we've been able to finally come together around climate change, maybe before it's too late, maybe, maybe, maybe we won't be able to shift human consciousness before it's too late and we'll be at each other's throats. We'll have World War III and we'll blow each other up. Or everybody will be, you know, either enslaved by ISIS or carpet bombed by, uh, you know, the Republican Party. But... I honestly don't know. I can't tell you that we're going to win. I can only say, don't use that as an excuse. Right on. Um, 
And uh, Beth, we actually have a couple other callers. We're also going to be going to break in a few minutes, folks. But let's see if we can get... Um, thanks, Helen, for calling in with thank, your question. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Yeah. I hope I answered your question. Yes, beautifully, beautifully. And it gives me hope and it gives me something to say to people. Thank you. Good. Perfect. Good. So before we go to break, let's take um, our next caller, who is Irene in San Diego. Hi, Beth. Um, I didn't hear your answer or Helen's question, but uh, so this may be a repeat, but I'm wondering about uh, suggestions for approaching people who are very opinionated and um, are, are not, don't seem to make sense. <laughs> uh, Go to our <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> if you want to see people. Oh, Irene, you know, it breaks my heart. Uh, it really does. And no, you're not repeating the question. That is such a great question. And it's a question that I face on a daily basis. I go to our Facebook page and people make horrible, insulting remarks to me about an article or about a radio show or about a video that they don't read, they don't listen to, and they don't watch. And they don't feel any need to actually hear what I say. And what I say to them in those situations is when you've read my article or watched my video or listened to the show, then you can comment. I have nothing else to say to you. Now, when people, you know, when people are doing that, it's because they are not, they have no intention to get involved in dialogue. And there are times when you just have to shrug your shoulders. What I tend to do first is I try to deal respectfully, which is not how I'm treated most of the time. I try to, mm-hmm. to uh, deal respectfully with the issue that the person raises. If I don't have the answer, I'll say that is a very good question. I'd like to check that out myself. On the other hand, what I am seeing is such and such, because often they'll throw you some question that they know you're not going to be able to answer. Uh, in order to demolish your entire argument. So, but actually, ultimately, I have to get clear about whether that person wants to be in dialogue or not. And if the person doesn't, you know, I always hope to say something to them that will make them think before I run to the other side of the room. And uh, what, I, what I mean by that is, for instance, if someone is spouting Christianity and saying, you know, what everybody needs to, you know, believe in Jesus, and that's, uh, you know, the the answer to violence, uh, because Muslims are violent. And then I, I say, well, have you looked really looked into the history of Christianity and the amount of violence done in the name of Christianity? Have you really looked at that? Um, you know, so I might say something that will actually address the prejudice that they're bringing up, and hopefully I will be planting a seed. But there are people, and I, I'm, I, it really does make me, make me want to cry, that absolutely do not want to have a conversation, do not want to look at any facts, only want to blast you. And there's an emotional reason for that. And I, you know, I have to send them a prayer and say, what in God's name is going on with that person that they are so twisted that they can't even have a, a conversation. And I will even, you know, that may be the only level on which I can even address it is say, well, it's obvious to me that you're not willing to have a conversation about this. I'm so sorry. Best wishes to you. And that's, that's what I do. I can't say it's the best, 
it's it's what I do. And I have found from time to time, if I address the content of what people say, sometimes they will make a shift. But I will I say one more thing about this, Irene. We need to create a culture where unconsciousness is not the fad. What has happened is that the conversation has gotten so out of control, it does not matter what kind of lies people say. It does not matter what a distortion it is. It doesn't matter how much fear they're provoking. And they're getting more and more empowered by one another. It's like the lynch mob or the gang. Mm-hmm. That, that, and yeah. so what we need to do is we may not be able to deal with those people who absolutely won't listen, but mm-hmm. we can start reducing the energy that supports them. And so never give up. It doesn't matter. Usually the people who are not willing to listen are the ones who will talk to you. All the other people yeah. who know in their hearts that something is wrong, they are going to be the ones that you want to reach. And slowly but surely, we have to create a different kind of consciousness. I, I know that we're out of time, but I want to thank you for calling. Thank you. That was yeah. helpful. That's Thanks. a great question. Thanks, Irene. And we are going to take a quick break. So when we get back, I know we have one caller on the line waiting. Please hold on. Um, so come back and join us. We're going to have more Q&A with Beth Green right after this break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community, TheInnerRevolution.org, where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. Find a variety of activities, including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living with Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world, all at www.TheInnerRevolution.org. I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, School of Intuitive Counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Inner Revolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, theinnerrevolution.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Inner Revolutionary Radio.
Welcome back to Inner Revolutionary Radio. This is your host for the day, Christine Benton, and we have as our guest today, Beth Green. She's been answering some really good questions from callers, and uh, we have a couple more callers on the line. The topic of the show today is, is this the best of times or the worst of times? And um, so why don't we dive right into it with our callers? Next up, we have Tracy in Phoenix. Hi. So I think my question is a a bit of a continuation of what Irene had asked in terms of people not willing to listen. But my question is, you know, how do we motivate, how how are people motivated to change their beliefs? And like, you know, I can even see in myself, I dig in my heels about my beliefs, you know, and other people do as well. So I can't just point the finger and say those people are the ones who don't change because I know I do that too but sure. um, you would think that like the impending doom of our, our planet would be motivating enough to change but it, you know it doesn't so what what do you think is it that does truly motivate people to change their behavior and how can we tap into that you know either for ourselves and, and help other people as well well, I think that's a great question, and if I really knew the answer, I'd probably be president. But I, <laughs> well, I'd vote for you. That was actually my other question: was why aren't you running for president? Oh that was my! <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I think we need some signatures. But um, you know, Tracy, there is uh, there are the three pieces. One is the reality piece. For example, if you realize how bad things are getting by continuing with your belief, there is a chance that some people will come to sanity, like around climate change. That's why climate, it was so great that we had that news of the inner revolution to start with, because there has been some coming to sanity in the planet because of the consequences. And, you know, mm. we seem to be talking about the Muslim terrorism thing again, but, uh, you know, there it is. Uh, there are some serious consequences to the Islamophobia. It creates more opening for ISIS. And so the more and more people who actually realize that what they are doing is really supporting the other side, as that idea begins to come out there, then there's some reality comes in. I was like, whoa, maybe this isn't working. Same thing as like with a homeless story. Any other topic we're going to talk about. We have to always be willing to look at reality. Beliefs are nonsense. Every belief is nonsense, to tell you the truth. My own beliefs are nonsense. Okay, everyone's going to be angry. But what I'm saying is, I mean, beliefs are, when I say they're nonsense, I mean they're only beliefs. They're just ideas we have. They're not always about reality. You know, you look at it and you see you have a measurement. You see that this is, you know, going towards the hottest year in history again, four or five years in a row. You're saying maybe there really is global warming. You know, it's like we have to look at evidence and we have to look at evidence. So some people are going to be finally get scared enough that they'll be scared into waking up. Some people just need a lot of social pressure and they need Mm. to stop having that negative side of them emphasized. You know, it's Mm. that energy that everybody, you know, just gets into. And if you get a lot of people who support your negativity, it gives voice to it. It's like you're being encouraged. It's like a child. If, If a child hits their friend for the toy and you say, yeah, Joey, <laughs> suck it to him. What is the child going to do? Hit him more. Yeah. But if you say, Joey, that isn't the way we treat our friends, then maybe Joey will stop and get socialized. You know? So there is a huge part to, be, to play in, uh, you know, in our re-socializing ourselves, in our understanding. People who are 
you know, or educating people about what Islam really is. I mean, just the one fact that if all Muslims were violent killers, uh, we would all be dead because a quarter of a bill, of a quarter of the population of the planet is Muslim. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just think about mm-hmm. it. How long would we last? Pretty ridiculous. But anyway, uh, but and then the final thing is, and this is the part, see, which I go in and out of hope about, is the um, is the heart. You know, I believe that somewhere inside us is a human being who is not just caught up in beliefs, but who feels and who sees. And so mm-hmm. I'm going back to my very hyperbolous statement about beliefs are nonsense because <laughs> beliefs are just belief. But what I mean is when you see suffering, I mean, for example, when people say things like poor people should raise themselves by their bootstraps, and then you go in and you see the billions of people on the earth who are hungry and poor and have nothing. And you're going to say, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm going to walk around with bootstraps. And I'm going to give a bootstrap to each person on the planet and see what happens. You see what I'm saying? It's ridiculous in the face of reality. You know, you just get, and you know, these stories about give homeless people homes instead of lectures. Maybe that would help them. You know, give the mentally ill support. Uh, you know, maybe that would be better. So it's like there's something in the human being, you see, which somehow knows this. You know, it's the little kid who goes over to the adult when they see the adult suffering and puts their fingers on the face of the adult and says, is something wrong, mommy? See, mm-hmm. that child feels, is not caught up in belief systems that say, Oh, mommy should pull herself up by her bootstraps. See, she hasn't heard that idea yet. So she, so that child is still human, hasn't forgotten to be human. And the, uh, you know, the Islamic fighters, the ISIS fighters, they were human beings once too before they got all twisted by their beliefs. I mean, you look at these faces, they're distorted, they're twisted, they're ugly, they're twisted by the beliefs and they're twisted by the social pressures around them to conform to a, a, an alien ideology that's alien to human nature that is not loving and not caring. And we have yeah. to keep making loving and caring and oneness our platform, no matter how bad it gets on the other side. So that we can finally try to find that part of the human being's heart. And, you know, one of the people that we've talked to recently who is in a, in a, you know, a mosque in, in San Diego, she was talking about having an open mosque day to have people come down. Because when you know people, you don't tend to get so vicious because mm-hmm. one is a belief. Oh, I know what Muslims are like. Oh, I know that Mexican immigrants are all rapists. And then what about those of us who lived in San Diego surrounded by undocumented workers who are working for us and who are our friends and our neighbors? And you say, oh, yeah, every, they're all rapists except for these, these people, my Jose mm-hmm. and Ana and Lupita and, you know, Lucia mm-hmm. and all of these people I know. So it's getting that human connection. I think I'd better be quiet because I know we have another caller, but uh, I hope that... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was yeah. really helpful. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Very powerful. Um, okay, we actually have two more callers. We'll see if we have time for both, but the next caller is Elizabeth in San Diego. Elizabeth. 
Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, this is probably similar. Uh, it's similar. I don't know how much different it is, but how can we wake up that part of people that has the knowingness of the pain that's here? Or in another way to say it, how can we make consciousness a fad instead of unconsciousness? Well, there is two. Those are two questions, really. One, the first one, we are trying to do that on IR radio. You know, if but we sure wish we had a bigger audience. And we're relying on you, audience, anybody who's listening out there. Would you please spread this show? Do <laughs> what you can to help us out here. Because, for example, we're going to be having a, um, a show on the clothing industry uh, coming up in January that Christine, our producer, just booked. Uh, a fantastic film called The True Cost. And you you know how many times you've read in the newspaper, oh, there was a, a, a building collapsed in Bangladesh, right? Killing, I don't know, four million people. Uh, since I don't know the number, I'll make that number. It's <laughs> not knows four million, that but it, it right. was devastating, yes. It's devastating, okay. Yeah. Now, we're going to have the guy who made that film on. You watch that film. Documentary filmmakers are bringing the truth to us it's like we have to look at animal uh, agriculture because of documentary filmmakers. There is a, a documentary about the uh, Syrian refugees and the or Jordanian refugee camps, and we're going to see if we can get uh, one of the co-directors on about that uh, too. And they're showing, I mean, you watch a documentary, you see the face. That's what, now, here's the opposite side of that. Let's say you live in a very poor country, like you live in India, and you're in the Brahmin caste, and you happen to also have money, and you walk out the door, and you're just surrounded by, you know, paupers, or, you know, people who are struggling. You can either have compassion, like the Buddha did, and say, oh my God, look at this, what are we going to do? Or you can say, this has nothing to do with me. I can't stand it. I'm going to go smoke some hashish and just forget about it. And we can't control which one of those happens. But what we can do is keep bringing the truth to people to show the suffering. Mm. And when we show the suffering, and that becomes real, it's, it becomes harder to hide. So I think that's, I better stop now because we have one more caller. We Thank do. You. Thank you, Elizabeth. And um, Chris in Vista, we have like one minute. Do we have Chris? Mm. I thought we'd done in my tracks. I had a question all planned out, but when you when you just said, when we show that the suffering is real, um, my question seems so stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. What was it? Or, or Well, I was thinking about how to, how to have the conversation with the doves and the hawks on the same side. You know, the people that are like pro, pro Hillary and wouldn't want to have Bernie in or, you know, the opposite side and um, just trying to have a rational conversation to get beyond the polarization and have the dialogue. Well, I think um, that, Chris... That takes us where you're, ta- where you, what you're describing. Sorry. Yes. No. And, and I would just like to say one more thing about this, which is, and this is really connected to our campaign to unite all movements. Do we want solutions or do we want a posture? And that's the question that we need to ask everybody. Do we want solutions or do we want our side to win? Do we want yeah. solutions or do we want to look strong and big? Most, to tell you the truth, we people are so crazy that we will choose you know, suicide and murder over solutions 
because of our egos. And that is something that we really have to combat. We at least have to show that it's more important to us to have solutions than it is for us to win. And that's the ego that we have to confront in order to unite all movements and to unite all people. Thank you. And thanks, Chris, for the question. Um, I feel like we've just scratched the surface here, but we will be bringing Beth back in a couple of weeks. She may be joined by her alter ego, Madame Mazurka, who is just quite a lively character. Um, But in any case, we'll be able to delve deeper. I know there's so much more to talk about in terms of the campaign to unite all movements. So please do go check that out on facebook.com slash the inner rev. And James, why don't you tell us what's up for next week? Coming up next week, peace on earth, goodwill toward everyone but Muslims, and Ani Zonefeld returns to update us on the Islamic world's response to ISIS and to answer your questions. She's the founder of Muslims for Progressive Values, and we'd like to know more about what's happening in the Muslim world uh, in general, and also how, what they're doing to combat ISIS, and uh, how the Muslim world is, is handling the crisis that we're all in uh, right now with so much fear and uh, uh, anger. So let's see what we can sort out, uh, and uh, we've heard a lot of rhetoric, but let's get it straight from the horse's mouth as best we can. And now for a final word from Beth. Well, I can share this with Christine. Uh, this was a great show. Um, I am coming back. We've decided. It's decided. New Year's Eve, I'm going to come back, and we're going to be looking towards the next year, and I look forward to answering more of your questions. Make sure you call in next week, too, when Ani is on, so if you have any questions, for somebody who really is a thinking woman, courageous Muslim woman who's willing to tell the truth about everything, tune in to that show. And uh, I'd love to welcome you all back on New Year's Eve and thereafter on podcast to talk about what's happening in the world, what we see, because we've got, we're getting a lot of shows lined up and guests lined up for the next year. So I want to thank you, Christine. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to host today. Uh, Christine, you're getting better and better at this job. I love it. Oh, good. Thank you. God bless everybody. Yep. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard. The next episode will broadcast live next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And don't forget Interrevolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Think outside the box and join us.